Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, in our last episode, we discussed um, miracles, specifically how to become a saint. Uh, a miracle essentially was happening by someone praying to the deceased person um, that they were verifying. And um, my, my other follow-up question of that is, I understand that, that, well, a lot of things. I understand that that is an extension about the importance and the power of prayer, that you can pray to someone and literally receive a miracle from it, and that it happens so often that the church recognizes it has to differentiate who specifically you prayed to. Um, you gave us the examples here of you know famous people that have become saints versus praying to someone that was in your family who, while certainly can still be in heaven, may not be recognized universally as a saint. Um, my question is, is that, well, that's praying to someone who's deceased and a saint. What about those, or is it even possible for those who are still living to perform miracles as Christ did whenever he was doing his teachings? Sure, absolutely. There are uh, lots of lots of miracles that happen, and uh, I was mentioning a little bit the last time the Encounter School of Ministry that would be worth looking up, and their goal is to help people experience the love of God through the power of God demonstrated in the Holy Spirit, and so they teach people. Uh, uh, a way of praying for miracles, praying for healing. And uh, I've, I've witnessed a couple of healings that way. So um, certainly we see it all over the place in the lives of the saints, those who have done miraculous deeds. Uh, my, my own uh, Holy Father, St. Benedict, who founded the Benedictine Order, wrote the, the, the rule that we follow, was, uh, did a tremendous number of miracles uh, healing, uh, raised a child from the dead, uh, various uh, acts of foresight and knowledge, um, so prophetic words. We hear all about this in the in the scripture, and it's extended to all Christians in the Gospel of Mark. It says that these signs will accompany believers; that they will heal the sick and cast out demons, and uh, and and proclaim the good news. So uh, we also hear it in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, chapter 14, talks about a variety of charismatic gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, including healing and mighty deeds, as well as prophecy and tongues and uh, various ways of uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. So a lot of different gifts that, because the, the effect of it is, when we are baptized, we're filled with God. So the seeds of glory are planted in the soul, the soil of our humanity. And our humanity becomes transformed into glory, into divinity, into God. We're divinized. And so God's power can flow through us. <clears throat> and that's not to say that people who work miracles are holier than other people. Uh, although often that's also the case. I mean, certainly a Padre Pio or uh, uh, we've had uh, Mother Teresa also uh, healed people miraculously on many occasions. 
Now, she wasn't doing it with a lot of fanfare, and a lot of times the saints don't. They're just expressing their love for people. The highest gift, the highest gift is charity. And St. Paul's very clear about that. On top of healing and mighty deeds, we're kind of fascinated by uh, these other sort of supernatural things, extraordinary things. But the highest gift is is charity. St. Paul's very clear about that in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, uh, these are all great strive for all of the gifts, but the, the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is charity. And so we have to have the proper ordering, but on the path to charity, these are the some of the things that God will do. I mean, ultimately, why did God heal people in, in Jesus's public ministry? Why did he heal people? Well, it's ultimately an expression of God's love for those individuals. It's one way that he demonstrates love. Not to say that those who are healed are loved and those who are not healed are not loved. But one way that we express love is through healing. And that's uh, so as we are divinized, as we're filled with God, uh, we're empowered to to pray and to minister to others in ways that are uh, natural and supernatural, grace building on nature. So our, our human care and concern also can become uh, supernatural experiences of healing. That can be uh, dramatic and sudden. It can also take place over time. I mean, uh, a couple of people I know were on the verge of dying from COVID uh, in the past month. And I mean, really hospitalized, uh, I think a respirator in one case, oxygen in another case, declining, uh, really moving in the wrong direction. And why did it turn around? So we could say, oh, well, uh, some black box of uh, human immune system kicked in. Uh, some medical intervention started to work. And that could be true. Or how about prayer mattered and the presence of people who continue to love and be with and support in words of encouragement? And what impact does that have? We sort of rule out a lot of these things at a human level mm-hmm. and then also at a divinized human level. And sometimes the miracle is worked in that more subtle way. And I like to expand the definition of miracles that way. So again, uh, we can look at the sudden dramatic, like one of our seminarians didn't have cartilage in his knee. Father Matthias Thalen prayed over him. He now has cartilage in his knee. <laughs> I mean, there's that dramatic miracle and that very much happens. There are so many other uh, maybe subtler miracles that we don't claim as such, that we just sort of reduce to some kind of random uh, things or some kind of scientific thing or to just like, that's how it works. But let's claim the intentionality of God and the real intervention of human beings and the working of grace in a lot of those different situations. So I've, I've sort of expanded your question uh, quite a bit, hopefully answering both your question and opening up another door. Well, you, you certainly did that. So where my, my, my questions to that comes from is, we spend so much time in, by the way science is made, to be able to repeat stuff. Um, you know, if I put input A into this process, output B comes out. Um, you know, chemistry is written that way you know, in a large way. And then so is a lot of functions of the rest of our lives, whether we think about it. I'm hungry. I go to supermarket. I get a sandwich. You know, like pretty 
straightforward processes that if we continually do it, we'll continually get the same outcome. And from the fact that that is all around us in so many different ways, the fact that a miracle by its definition is off of that schedule, it's not repeatable. Um, and our all of our minds are essentially created to try to find how do I get back to that outcome? Um, you know, there's a psychological and emotional component to that. If I do this, my relationships will be better and I will have a happier life as a result. Um, if I do this, I will get attention or whatever. Um, and that's so ingrained in us as people. It's, it's something that we instinctually try to dismiss these types of fact we actually use the word externalities from it in in economics things that we cannot describe or economically account for it um and this is god is certainly one of those because as we've said in a couple of episodes ago you obviously can't see god like he's not going to walk down and and while his actions can be in your face you physically are not going to see him in the same way that i am seeing you right now and I think that's to a detriment to us. You know, as you were discussing the people can go and learn how to pray a a vision because of a, it was in the Bible that we were reading to our son came up. The old Testament has a lot of examples, especially the beginning of the old Testament um, of people going out. um, And the first one's coming to mind is, this guy, and I'm sure you're going to have his name right, and I'm going to butcher this because I can't say anything right, um, is dealing with with the pagans, and they're chanting and everything, doing sacrifices, and nothing's happening. But he just puts down 12 stones, and then God makes a glorious sign. And we have this tendency in current society to just take that as a metaphor and not literal because... There's no way we could repeat that. I can't go to my backyard, put out 12 stones, and expect 12 pillars of fire. So we, we kind of dismiss stuff like that, which I think in a lot of ways is dismissing so much of the importance of the power of God without actually involving it into our lives. So I'm not sure if that's the exact direction you were you were going there, but I think that that's an important thing for us to think about in our lives. There is a lot of stuff that we can't control, even though much of our life is do action A into process, action B result will happen. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's important to, to think about every once in a while. Yeah, I, I love uh, what you've opened up there, Joe, and I'm going to some ideas are coming to me that I'm not sure are fully baked, uh, but we'll, we'll give it a try. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to say it's not the most profound things in the world which are repeatable. And uh, science in general is capturing a kind of limited, uh, it's, a, it's a reduced view of reality and it's not the most important stuff. And so let me start on one end and then I'll move back and forth a little bit. But uh, on, the, on the side of uniqueness, uh, let, let me be a little bit uh, funny and, and also provocative. You know, it's like, go ahead and make your son again. Go, go ahead and do that. Uh, so that's ridiculous. And it's not even possible 
Mm -hmm. And we know that spontaneously and we would never think that it is. You can't make your son again. First of all, you didn't make your son to begin with, you know, and the, and the process uh, by, by which you came to be conceived, even in itself is, is not fully repeatable. You know, it's like we, uh, I remember when I learned physics, you know, there's something fascinating, the, the really counterintuitive discovery that two falling objects of different sizes fall at the same rate, 9.8 meters per second squared. And so then you want to actually demonstrate that. And then you find out, well, it's not exactly true because there's all kinds of wind resistance. If you take things in a vacuum, if you create sort of ideal circumstances, then things are repeatable sort of, except they're not really. We're just sort of removing factors. It's just there are some things that are simplistic enough that we can remove enough factors that we can have certain kinds of repeatability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the car, uh, the car works every time when you start it up. Well, sort of, except the time that it doesn't work when you start it up. And then we kind of imagine, well, there are reasons for this. We could figure out the reasons for this. Well, and sometimes there are not reasons for this. And we just like, junk the car and we get a new one. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's, and, and then furthermore, just because it started up three times for three different people and it drove relatively the same way with different people behind the wheel, it actually drives different ways. It doesn't go exactly the same path every time. It goes a little bit of a different path because there's a different person in it that's animating it, you know? So mm-hmm. anyway, there's a, there we do things with repeatability because we abstract away from certain details, which we have to do in order to function in life. If, if we imagined that uh, every time we drive to work, we had to sketch out the exact path that we will actually drive, we'd never get anywhere. We just have to abstract and say, more or less, I'm going to be on this street. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to follow exactly in the same, you know, we see that when we have snow, we don't actually follow the same tire tracks. It's a little bit different, but it's generally repeatable. I pray to God you'll have another child. It won't be Joey. Mm -hmm. Joey is absolutely unique and he will never be repeated. Mm -hmm. And I would say that the higher we get, the more that we're involving freedom, the more that we're moving towards love, the less repeatable things become. Even when you take your bride out on a date, you can't, you can't ever recreate the first date. It's mm. unrepeatable. And the things that are most beautiful in life are unrepeatable. And so our, our tendency to you know, dismiss something like the miraculous on the basis that it's not repeatable and to exalt the scientific on the basis that it is repeatable is actually moving away from the ultimate values that we actually want to embrace. Uh, we don't want things that are repeatable. We want things that are repeatable only insofar as we can build on them to make the unrepeatable. And that's uh, that's really what we're aiming at. We're aiming at uniqueness. We're aiming at unrepeatability. We're aiming at the love that comes from uh, the encounter of two freedoms that that can't ever be reproduced. So that's uh, my my little proposal in terms of uh, ranking these things or, or looking at these things that, that if God is, uh, creating an obviously unique event and that it's, it's really meant to be an expression of love, not a skill to be mastered. And when I say that the encounter school of ministry has a, a a little bit of a form by which one can pray for miracles, 
what I, what I discovered in that I was skeptical about it, to be completely honest, before I actually learned what they do. And, and in learning it, I realized, oh, they're giving a mode by which uh, physical limitation, uh, woundedness, suffering can be brought into a human relationship. And then through that human relationship can be lifted up to God. And so it's really bringing uh, suffering into the context of love, human love, and then into the context of divine love. And then God uses those opportunities to do something unique, to give a unique expression of his love for the person. And ultimately, not just for the sake of the miracle, but drawing that person more deeply into his love, which is really revealed in Christ and in the gospel. The, the greatest act of love is to be brought into a relationship with God in Jesus Christ. So a, a miraculous, uh, a miracle is, is only a step in that process. Yeah, and as, as you think about it, that's, there's almost a, a, a natural problem with the way that, that society is structured from that. Because as, as people go through life, um, you know, we all need to eat. I mean, that, that's a fundamental fact. And, and the way that, that society is structured is you, you buy food. I mean, some of us make it in gardens or whatever, but in general, we buy food. And for a business to work, it needs to be repeatable. You know, I make this product, people like this product, we sell it. Um, or, you know, whatever it is, service or whatever. You know, people need nurses, so we're going to figure out how to do it um, the same way. And it can relegate these types of thinking that you're describing right here as far as trying to get everything to human levels. To l let's explore things that, that are unique. And uniqueness by its nature of economy, essentially, is kind of not what we're looking for. You know, so much of life is trying to put someone into a cookie cutter spot as far as your economic output. You know, people have done studies that school is pushing you into a pipeline to push you into college, which then pushes you into a specific career path. Um, in theory, that that was the thought process. Um, and there's not room for exploring things that don't have a, a guaranteed or safe outcome. Um, you know, the, the, there's very few people that go out and truly explore that. Um, most of them tend to create their own businesses because they're trying to do something different um, or just like take this podcast, for example, we had no idea this was going to work. We had, we had no idea that that people were going to go out there. And my question for this is, is that obviously this is a human relationship between us and that's why it works and we can talk to each other. Um, can success in that compartment almost be viewed as a miracle? Because there are plenty of people out there who have done podcasts, recorded as many episodes as us, but, don't have the success that we do. Um, is is that the type of thing, or is that the hyperbole that people you go, oh, it's a miracle that this worked out? Um, so I, I I'd like to kind of fine tooth that as far as the way that works, because in in my head it doesn't seem like it seems like it's watering down the essence of true miracles. But I, I want to see if that notion is correct. Yeah, I guess uh, you'd have to. We're throwing words around without really defining them, and I'm not even entirely sure how I would uh, define miracle now that I'm thinking about it. But uh, like I said, it, it, 
we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't imagine that there aren't things that are unexplainable that happen and yeah. in the way that were done by Jesus in the Bible. So we, we shouldn't relegate that to a past age or a mythical story. So very real, very concrete, uh, and happens a lot every day, in fact. And there are from, from places like the shrine at Lourdes where there's something like 150 uh, verifiable, that is to say that they actually like investigated before and after and really went through the whole process uh, that, uh, that have taken place with the, you know, somebody growing their arm back being one of the more dramatic examples. Uh, but anyway, I mean, there are lots of those kinds of miracles. So there's a, and I say that because there's a, there's been a trend in the last 150 years together with the modernization, the development of science and these kinds of things that, uh, that says, you know, God isn't present in the world, that he doesn't intervene, that there aren't miracles, that all of these things are just a, a manner of speaking in order to illustrate a point that even in the Bible, uh, Jesus didn't really do miracles. He just, uh, you know, used natural processes in order to make things happen. <laughs> anyway, there's a, there's a kind of uh, brushing off to the side, supernatural or extraordinary interventions of God. And so I don't want to do that by any means. We have to fix that in place. But then to extend it in the other direction of, uh, wow, well, in fact, isn't God intervening in an amazing number of ways all the time? And, and in fact, isn't everything that exists existing pre precisely because God is making it exist? I mean, isn't existence itself a miracle? Yeah. Why is there something rather than nothing? This is actually mm -hmm. a classic philosophical problem. Why is there something? Well, let's call that a miracle. Uh, that's, a, that's an intervention of God. We, there's, there's no reason that things have to be. And mm -hmm. so then you can see everything in between and, and kind of rephrase the question and say, uh, let's look at where has, where has God intervened in every process? And, and how, how do we see his fingerprints in everything? And you mentioned the, the podcast and how many people have really been touched by him through this podcast and why does this podcast even exist? And, you know, what were the things that had to happen? And we start to realize the kind of the impossibility of, of choreographing all of this on our own. And we realize that there must be a designer who's greater than we are. These things are not random on the one hand, uh, and they're not simply designed by us on the other hand. There is another actor at work. And so wherever we see signs of his action, you know, calling those things miraculous, again, without uh, merely watering down or, or much less eliminating things that are really striking and catch our attention, those works of power that are, that are certainly beyond our, our power, uh, then, you know, we can acknowledge and, and give glory to God and be grateful for the, the many different ways that he intervenes in our lives. And as you're saying that there, a question I had forming, you actually begun to answer that there is the notion that, and I guess this goes back to a couple of podcasts, but we were talking about feeling God in our heart rather than just conceptually in our heads is that seeing him in so many things that we're taking for granted and, goes into expectations, which we've been sprinkling in for the last couple of months, 
talking about that um, is that there are people out there who who can recognize a simple fact. You know, we only have so much time. We can only be doing one activity at a time, truly. Like, I can only be talking to you right now. Granted, my computer has extra processes so we can record it and publish and all that stuff later. But at the end of the day, I am talking to you right now. I'm not talking to my wife. And people recognize that. Like, okay, that, that's part of life, fact, you know, factor of time. Um, but there is this notion of there are miracles happening to, to other people. Or there's things that can't be explained to other people. Why aren't I getting it? Um, you know, at the end of the day, what, what makes them special? I get that comes from a very selfish starting point by the very nature of the question, but I think that you're, you're can understand the, the emotion or the emphasis that I'm trying to put out there that does seem real and that, well, I'm not getting it. So therefore it doesn't exist as people oftentimes fall into that trap. Um, and you know, you've given the example before, well, you've never been to China, but it exists. Um, but people will do that in the supernatural with, I'm not feeling any anything here from God, so therefore it can't be. So I'd like to, to address that here as we're kind of concluding this episode. Well, again, uh, I'd like to situate the highest uh, gift, which is charity. And, and then uh, there are a number of pathways to charity. So uh, all of us have experienced uh, love. In one way, or and how to had a chance to love others. Uh, I won't delve into uh, arguments or exceptions to that, but just to say, put that out there. We've we've experienced love, so that's really the it's really the highest gift. That's what we're aiming for. That's the top of the the pyramid. Uh, in fact, let let me say this first of all. I mean, part of the irony is uh, if you if you if everybody experienced miracles all the time, they would become. Uh, not interesting, like in fact the miracles are that we're experiencing all the time. So the very fact that we experience it all the time makes it not the thing that people want to experience all the time. So love is the highest gift. Love is holiness. Love is God. God is love. He who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Jesus did not say that about miracles. He didn't say miraculous healings are God. He who abides in miraculous healings are God and God is in him. So love, love is the highest gift. There are a number of pathways to love. Love happens through uh, self-sacrifice and service. But uh, if, if there is a miracle, it's, it's meant to ignite faith to open us to divine love. So a miracle is always a means to an end. It's not the end. Love is the end. So if we can get to love without miracles, St. Therese said, I don't ever want, I'm, I, I'm glad I didn't experience a miracle. I want to live by all of the ordinary means, the kind of un- unstriking means. I want to find God love in the in this kind of pure way. And so uh, miracles are not better than not miracles. It's just whatever is the, you know, whatever we need in order to make that path. But secondly, the sacraments are miracles. <laughs> the very presence of the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist. I mean, like, what do we think that is? That's a miracle. That's the greatest miracle. That is the, the living body of Christ, it's the resurrection happening before our eyes. But it's like, ho-hum, you know, oh, yawn, and, and we're starting to plan out the rest of our day and, and read the bulletin rather than actually behold the miracle. The fact that it happens all the time makes it uninteresting to people. 
and, and likewise with the other sacraments. So what are the miracles that everybody experiences? The sacraments. And what is the ultimate destination of miracles? Love. And isn't everybody along that path? Absolutely. There are some people that have a different path. Now, you know, I mean, there are a lot of things that are that are a limited commodity. I mean, some people's conversion happened through an encounter with a, a living saint. You know, somebody met Padre Pio and it changed their life. Now, that's not my path toward ultimate love. And uh, that's somebody else's path. Somebody's path is through meeting you, Joe. And somebody's path is through hearing this podcast. And somebody else's, all, all of those things have that uniqueness that we cherish. So, uh so it's, it, it is, a, you, you already kind of got it. The question itself is flawed. Why doesn't that happen for me? Well, why doesn't it happen for me that my conversion happens through China? Or why doesn't it happen for me that my conversion happens through, you know, lots of different things? Ah, if that were a better path, God would choose that path. But mm-hmm. apparently it's not. The best path is the very path that's unfolding before me. And not to keep harping on expectations, but if you think about it, by definition, love in mathematical terms can go to infinity. God's power can go to infinity. And if you're expecting to have just one pathway out of infinite possibilities, it's infinitely pointless because it will not happen. Um, that's a lot of using the word infinite, but it's a mathematical principle nonetheless that, that it, right. it's setting yourself up to fail to say it in practical terms. So we thank everyone for being with us in today's episode. Um, We will be with you again next week. If you haven't done so yet, um, please give us a star rating and actually write a review. Um, The way to do that if you're on Apple is click your podcast and then there's a section that says write review right below our name there, right below the perfect picture of Father. Um, If you can click that, that would be great, especially if you're on an Apple device. We can't stress enough how much those of you who have done it have helped us. And if you haven't done it yet, please do so. Thank you very much. And we will be with you next week.